Hey, Susan. Hey, 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 Melanie. We're back. We're back to find out where are they now? Now. <laughs> I am in my bedroom. And I'm in a... On the East Coast. And I'm in a craft room slash office in the West Coast. On the West Coast. And here it's 11.15 a.m. Oh, wait. I have to say it like uh, Rebel Wilson in Bridesmaids. Annie, it's 11 (laughs) a.m. Remember that? Any opportunity for us to put in a Bridesmaids reference or any other movie we love? (laughs) Of course. I had to go for it first. Yes. So, Susan, where are you now? Last time, and I don't mean geographically, of course, but last time we talked, uh, we were both talking about the changes in our teaching situation, and you were reading a really great book um, related to parent advocacy, and then we had talked about the need for teachers, just the general teacher shortage. So... It would be great if I could find out what's happening down there with all that. Um, well, let's see. Oh, we should point out we're recording. We like to mention when in the history, in the annals of time, we're recording. Oh, this is our first one of 2022, isn't it? Yeah. Is it? I think it is. And it's also like... In the hopefully the the downfall of the Omicron or Omicron whatever surge, so school's just been weird everywhere for various reasons. Yeah. yeah um, and for our wonderful listeners, we love all of you, all three of you. <laughs> um, we. <laughs> We, we have kind of a hard time getting this together, so um, we're going to, I guess one of my goals, as I'm sure it is also Melanie's in 2022, is to be a little more consistent with our podcast. Um, it is hard for us because we're on opposite coasts and um, we just have crazy busy schedules like everybody else. So it is January of 2022. Where am I now? Um, I... I'm subbing a little bit, but I'm sure I went into some detail in the last podcast. Uh, my father passed away, which is why, I mean, 95% of the reason why I left my special ed job, which I struggled with. I Because I remember this time last year, really like January, February-ish, um, was really when I was thinking, can I keep this up? Are you drinking a mug out of a mug that I gave you? Yes, I am. <gasps> Everybody, I'm sorry. This is a podcast, but we're actually doing a Zoom meeting while we're doing this. And I just happened to see a Star Wars mug that I gave Melanie. <laughs> Yay. Okay, I had to put that in there. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, I was struggling with whether or not to to stay or go from that job. And I'm telling you is the best decision I ever made because I got to spend so much good time with my dad in his final months. Not everybody can do that. In fact, I'm probably one of the few who could. And it's mainly because I, 
oh, this is going to sound so awful to some people, and I don't mean this offensively at all, but I don't have kids. I have lots of cats, but without kids, that did leave me with some freedom and a little extra cash, <laughs> you know, um, to, to save up. And also, Melanie and I are both very frugal and crafty. So I had a little tucked away and I was able to kind of live off that for a while. Um, the question now is whether or not to go back to teaching, but I think that's another podcast altogether. Um, so I am tying up his estate, which is kind of a full-time job in itself and subbing a little bit and, um, trying to keep up with things in education because my brother is uh, at 50, how old is he, 57? I forget. I think he's 57. Um, he went back to school in his 50s to be a social studies teacher, and he is now doing that. I probably didn't tell you, Melanie. He did pass the state teacher exams. Oh, great. I know he, yes. was, he was worried about He was that. very excited that he passed, yes. barely, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> whatever whether you pass by one point or 20 points or however many like you pass <laughs> it's like yes I got a D yes I passed no I, he didn't get a D I don't think they grade like that but um, <laughs> but yeah so he is now entering the field of education he's been in it for a little while as a sub um for many years off and on he was doing that and he worked with um juveniles in a different capacity for a long time. So he's no stranger to this stuff, but mm -hmm. he, it's funny, he will come home and so yeah, he'll come home and, and say something like, you know, this is BS, they're doing blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, welcome to education. And he's like, this is crap. I'm like, mm-hmm, there's a lot of crap. Mm-hmm involved in this job but to be fair he also does come home a lot and say oh my gosh I had this great moment Yay. with this one kid and this kid came to me and we had this great talk and so I'm excited for him um because I think he's he's not like Elizabeth Halsey from Bad Teacher <laughs> he is doing it for the right reasons not just um <laughs> summers off no accountability <laughs> What was the other one? Shorter hours. Shorter hours, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's not just doing it for that. <sighs> All right, so I've talked long enough. Where are you now, Melanie? Where am I now? I am happily still in my music educator job. And interestingly enough, I've recently come across, I guess just through the publications and newsletters that I get now that I've subscribed to, as a music educator being back in the ring of all these music educators of the deaf that I wish I had uh, connected with when I was doing that. But it was also exciting to see. Uh, that's just something like really literally this week I came across a bunch of there was like a workshop that was advertised and I thought, oh, my gosh. Anyway, that was just an exciting thing that happened this week, but other than that, I am still happy in my job. I feel like I have a long way to go to really be great. And what I mean is, I guess, ego-wise, I could say 
I could walk into a music classroom and make it up and be fine just in terms Mm of my excitement. I know a big part, we've talked about this before, a big part of teaching is not just the content, but can you bring excitement somehow to the kids about the content so they feel like it's worth learning? So if nothing else, I think that is definitely helping me feel confident as I continue to rebuild my skills of flow of content. I think that's my biggest struggle for myself that I'm working on. There's not one set curriculum to follow. So I can pretty much do whatever I want, but I I mean within the confines of what each grade level should be learning, sure. but that's a little scary too to hope that I'm getting in all the things. So I know that it'll take time and every year, I mean, every day I'm like, oh, okay, I'm able to reflect and see how I can make this better for the future. Every day? (laughs) Not all day every day, but every day. (laughs) Little sex in the city reference. Listeners, I hope. For those of you who don't know. (laughs) I hope you are appreciative of all our, uh, and patient with all our movie quotes. I I feel like by the end of this podcast, maybe not this podcast, but like in general, it's going to become a Sex in the City podcast and not so much special education <laughs> or or like our movies. We'll do our like movies, our. We should just call it our movies podcast by Susan and Melanie. That's that's where I am right now. Just continuing to be reflectful of my teaching practice and is that a word it's a word now <laughs> it's officially a word with friends okay we'll see if it's a word yes <laughs> so that's where i am um trying to find the connections with with the students and not make it all about here's what i'm telling you to do and that's it that's what you have to do is what i tell you to do I'm trying to make it a little more student-centered which again is the challenge for me is without one specific curriculum and i'm pulling from multiple curriculums and making my own things within the standards it's hard for me to make right now find how to make that time to get more of their input without feeling like I'm losing time in getting the input and then taking time to develop it. I know that will just come throughout my experience. And actually, I will share uh, some lovely tidbits. Is There's a, there's a class that um, has been a struggle through the year. It's not the whole class, but you know sometimes there are a few students who were struggling and they quote unquote ruin it for the whole class because of Uh the behaviors and the attention it brings and sometimes I can't ignore if it's an audible (laughs) issue it's like someone won't stop talking so I can't even get directions out kind of thing and just this week just a couple of days ago a student in the class who hasn't seemed very motivated, not a behavior issue or anything, but just doesn't seem to be, doesn't seem like this student cares. 
And I can't tell if it's frustration with the other classmates or they just don't care about music. And I do try to connect with the students to say, I know not everybody loves everything we're going to do. That's okay. But just choose to build a skill because you never know how it might come back for you in the future. Anyway, at the end of the day, when the kids are waiting in the gym to be picked up, the this student, I was just wandering around to help keep the calm in the gym. And this student said, Miss Melanie, so I, I use my first name, and I went over and the student said, I do remember in, kind- this is the, an older elementary class, I do remember music being a lot of fun and I really liked music, like kindergarten and first grade. And I do really want to enjoy it again. And I, I like music and I'm like, you know, I'm like <laughs> tearing up inside, but holding it together. Like, I I told her how much I appreciated her sharing that, and it, she seemed frustrated like she's trying to enjoy it, but the fact that we can't get to like any activities. But she hates me. <laughs> yeah, she's like, with our o- other music teachers, it was great. <laughs> but you saw. But speaking of that, another student said to me, are you going to be here next year? And I said, I sure hope so, if you'll have me back. Because, I don't know if I mentioned this on the previous episode, apparently I'm the sixth or seventh music teacher in six or seven years. There's literally been a different music teacher every year, and I have no idea why. I certainly really do hope that they'll rehire me and the fact that a student was asking me I'm going to take that as a positive that it wasn't solely because of can we just have a consistent music teacher but also specifically I'm hoping you are going to be <laughs> come back I hope it was a mix of yeah. both and because yeah. technically let me, let me just recap here yeah. Now you are a music teacher. You are not doing anything with IEPs. Right. Or special ed. I mean, not specifically. I mean, they all we all do, whether it's gen ed or not. I mean, yeah. We all do, but um, but you were in that capacity with deaf and hard of hearing for how many years before you switched? For, well, technically, even in my first job where we met, um, so from 2009 until just this past year, 2021, so just over a decade in that field, like, because even when I was teaching music and dance when we met, it was at a school for the deaf and the blind. So I was, yeah. I was still, I didn't have to write the IEPs, but I was still in that world. And I actually just met up with a couple of my coworkers from my previous job and we go out to lunch every so often to catch up and I purposefully don't really ask too much about what's happening this year if they want to share something that's fine but I really drew the line at least for this year I don't want to I really don't want to talk about it I disconnected from social media stuff that had to do with deaf ed not everything but like 90 percent of (laughs) probably people I was following or organizations just to get some relief for myself and 
when people do ask me that in this past six months or so, when people have asked me about deaf ed related stuff, I feel the the pot boiling inside me, <laughs> you know, of like that. I don't know if it's anger or or what, but I just feel it start to boil, and I I just quickly say say my piece and end the conversation. You feel the pot boiling inside you. <laughs> so many jokes. So many jokes. I will refrain. <laughs> I actually had someone say to me recently, um, talking about their their kid, I think his teacher smokes weed. And I very diplomatically, I, I kind of joke, I, I was sort of joking, but sort of not. I said, um, if it weren't for weed, we would not, like, teacher retention would be even worse. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, so many I know, like, it's a, <laughs> it's a total coping mechanism. Y'all, I have worked in other jobs. I know lots of people who are in various other professions, but I, I don't think I know anyone who in any other profession who feels the need to cope the way teachers do with substances. And that is awful to say, but mm -hmm. maybe it's just my friends. And your friends. And your friends. <laughs> Sorry, another little Sex and the City reference. Well, I... Um, to to yeah, that point, maybe that's something we can talk about sometime if we get some uh, listener input on that. Yeah, to add to that point, I went to a doctor's appointment in person last month, and the RN who takes the info when you go in with all you know the million questions and updates about your health status. One thing she said was, "Are you a smoker?" And I said, "Not cigarettes." And she kind of giggled, uh, and she said, "Oh, marijuana." And I said, "Yes." And I and then I quickly added, "I'm a public school teacher. <laughs> what public school teacher is not <laughs> is not smoking or using marijuana?" And she just she giggled quickly. And <laughs> I mean, you're absolutely right. I'm sure there are many who don't who would benefit from it. <laughs> sure. I don't. Well, only you you can't put yourself in that category now because you're not a public school teacher anymore. That's right. <laughs> no, I don't because um, I have horrible migraines that are triggered by any kind of smoke, even campfires. I've I've learned really kind of bring that on. Yeah, it sucks, but I'm coping now by kickboxing. That's awesome. Fun fact. Yeah. I think, I bet that's popular among school employees too. Some sort of aggressive workout class programming. I don't know. Maybe out West, but um, I, here's another thing. And I know I can, God, I feel like we say this all the time. I know I can say this to you. <laughs> yeah. It's like our mantra. 
I, as long as I have been teaching, I, cause you and I are, are pretty fit and active and you know, we, we like to yeah stay in shape and do active things and, and eat well and <laughs> make muscles. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you are sort of in this boat too, that we have tried to use our influence to get teachers to, um, to do some active things and. I don't know about out west, but it's met, it's been met with some resistance here. I don't know if you remember this story, but um, at one elementary school where I used to teach, mm-hmm. not the one where I met you, mm-hmm. a different one, um, I started this thing called Teachers on Track, and it was every Tuesday. Did I tell you this story? I may have said this on the podcast, so I'm sorry if I'm repeating myself. But I started this thing called Teachers on Track, and I had it put in the announcements. You know, every Tuesday after school, I dedicated myself to going out to the track and walking. And the whole point was to get people to do it because there was at least one guaranteed person who would be out there. Yeah. And I did it all year long and only once it was the very first day I ever did the teachers on track thing. One teacher came out there and walked with me and that was it. No one else came. And the big joke with me became that every Tuesday after school, I would go walk on the track and call our friend Zinnia. Mm -hmm. So I used to talk to her every Tuesday after school I know I've mentioned uh, Zinnia. She's our dear friend who passed away of cancer a few years ago. Um, one of the most spectacular educators. She wasn't a teacher. She was a behavior interventionist that I worked with closely. The best. A number of years ago. And um, yes, she, she was a dear friend. And I would talk to her every Tuesday after school because no one would ever join me. And I actually had a couple of teachers say, who's got time for that? Like, what? You don't have time to go walk for 20 minutes? I mean, it's your it's your health and it's your sanity. Like, that was where I kind of decompressed from the day. Mm-hmm. I wish more teachers would just carve out a little bit of time to, to just do something like, I know you, you do yoga and stuff. I'm not really into yoga I wish I were but I just mm-hmm. it never really caught on with me and like meditation I don't really do that but walking and riding my bike and I don't listen to music when I walk and ride my bike I purposely don't because that's and, and now and when I was teaching that was like my time to just listen to nature and not have to hear my name over and over and over. It sounds like that is meditative for you. That is your meditation. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, in case listeners are still with us <laughs> at this point, we, I wanted to mention that um, we really didn't plan this one like we normally would. This is just kind of off the cuff because um, we just had to grab, you know, a half hour where we could grab it. And I'm glad that I was able to do this today, Melanie. I didn't think I was going to be able to. So we didn't really plan like, okay, first we're going to talk about this. Then we're going to talk about this. This is just straight up, you know, blah, 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 blah. But I did have a thought the other day I wanted to mention. 
So the last school where I was that I just left last year, the one that I, I still sub at sometimes, um, it is kind of a drive for me. It's about 40 minutes away from my house. And I, I never minded the drive. It was always just my time to have some coffee, listen to my podcast or my morning radio shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and my friend Jennifer, whose birthday was yesterday, by the way, uh, she would be on her way to work at the same time. And she would usually call me and we would chit chat in our cars because we both have the hands free, mm-hmm. you know, fancy thing going on in our cars. And every time she would call me, she'd be like, hey, man, I'd say, hey, man, she'd say, what you doing? She knew what I was doing, but yeah. it was our shtick. Okay. And I'd say, I'm on the road again. And and then we would kind of burst into like just that one line because we don't know the rest of the song. Mm-hmm. Something, 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 something with my friends. <laughs> I can't wait to get on the road again. <laughs> Had to sing a little something. But that was our thing, like on the road again, because every morning, like that was just our commute. Yeah. Which I thought was just a little funny. Um, and it occurred to me yesterday, I kind of miss that. I, I miss having that uh, to to go to school and, and, and like, you know, have, have that chat. I needed yeah. it. And it made me think of all the times in my early teaching career, and not every day, but I would say, I mean, occasionally, I would go home, and I I would be tearing up in the car. Like, I I would hold it all day. Like, something would be very upsetting, and I would just lose my shit in the car on the way home. But when I had been a teacher for a number of years... I didn't do that anymore. It then it became I would lose my shit on the way to work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I bring that up because I think that was a cosmic shift when I started not crying on the way home, but tearing up on the way to work. And it was that dread, that feeling of what kind of bullshit am I going to have to go through today? What parent is going to lose their crap on me in an IEP meeting? What administrator is going to tell me what a horrible job I'm doing or be critical of something going on in my classroom? What kid is going to come to school with a black eye? I mean, Mm -hmm. a variety of things. Mm -hmm. And I think when I, I was thinking about this yesterday and I was like, you know what, that right there, when teachers start doing that, if anybody else has had that experience, I, I'm, I hope I'm the only one because that's not a great experience to have. But if any listeners have had that experience, please let us know because this is the community where we want to um, enjoy in each other's misery. <laughs> <laughs> and support each other, yeah. I absolutely had the same thing. It, it was happening more and more. That's definitely a big part of what led me to, I need to make a change. <laughs> and I, that's why I asked you earlier, because I couldn't remember exactly your, your teaching timeline, but I knew that you had made a few changes. And my parents, who were of a 
very different generation. <laughs> and they were both educators. And mm. my mom, you know, my mom was a music educator. Yeah. Like you. Woo. But they were kind of critical about my leaving a job after three or four years and going to a, a different position. It was always within special education. Mm-hmm. But in their day, you didn't do that. That They felt like that made you look flaky mm-hmm. and you couldn't stick with a place. And I could never convince them that, no, in special education, I, I think you, and maybe gen ed too, you have to switch mm-hmm. from time to time. You have got to, um, you know, mix it up a little bit. Because a teacher said to me, and again, I apologize if I've said this in an earlier podcast, but a teacher friend of mine said to me, if you are a teacher and you have been at the same place doing the same job for more than 10 years, you are unhealthy. Now, in today's, it's, yeah, like today's culture. Yeah, maybe not when my parents were teachers, which was the 50s. No, I think even. Literally, it it was the 50s and 60s. I think even more recent than that, because my dad taught for just over 30 years at the same place. And his colleagues, like within his department, they all were there together for like all of those years, you know, with retirements here and there. So I definitely think that's something with like yours and my generation. Not that we're so far apart, but yours and my generation. It was a little more like I need... If I need something different, I'm going to go seek it out. And there's no shame in that. (laughs) No, there is no shame. And I will never forget. I'm sure I've mentioned this too. Oh, well, y'all just get used to it. I'm going to repeat myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to happen. But my cooperating teacher when I was a student teacher, that would have been 2003, Miss Franklin was her name Mm -hmm. I wonder if she's still living because she she was pretty old (laughs) back then so she (laughs) would probably be in her late 80s or 90s now I I need to look her up and see if I can find her Um, because she was great to work with and I remember her telling me because she'd been a teacher a long time at that point and I kind of jokingly said to her like hey what advice do you have for me she said, you have to figure out a way to not get burned out. That was her big piece of advice. Yeah. And I would love to be able to tell her today, I took her advice. And I had some different positions. I'm not saying that's the, the one and only way to not be burned out as an educator. Right. But it was for me. Because I had some pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> bad situations, you know, like you. Yeah. In some schools where it was, like, toxic. Yeah. And I am not going to continue to work in a toxic environment. That's, uh Yeah. And I think we'll delve into this topic more in the coming episodes about burnout, especially right now, literally yeah. right now, over these past two years, how... Even the subs are burned out. Oh my gosh, yes. We will, yeah, we will definitely delve more into burnout. Say delve again. Delve. (laughs) Delve. (laughs) (laughs) Mean Girls reference for those of you who are like, why are they saying to repeat words? Okay. (laughs) Susan, this was great. Oh. 
listeners, here's your homework. Yes. Before the next podcast. Call to action. You must watch Bad Teacher and Mean Girls and Bridesmaids and the entire um, series of Sex and the City plus the movies and what else? I love you, man. man. This is 40. Any of those kind of movies. We've added that to our repertoire, too. Yeah. So you understand a little more of our coded (laughs) secret speech to each other. Yeah. But I'm so glad we did find the time. And I'm looking forward to hearing from friends, meaning educators, fellow educators. We're all... We're all connected in some way. You can email us at spedrehab at gmail.com, S-P-E-D-R-E-H-A-B, at gmail.com. I you, can? You can. You don't ha- even have to be a special ed teacher or staff member or anything like that. This Most of what we talk about relates to every single school employee in some way or another. Because and ev- parent. And parent, yeah, because everybody is connected to kids in school in some way. Mm-hmm. So... Thank you, Susan, for your time this morning. Thank you, Mel. Yay. Yay. Well, we'll see you all next time on the next episode, and can't wait to hear from you and have some more fun chatting together. Love ya. Love you. Bye.